Hey, Purpose Claremont. Uh, just wanted to share with you a little bit from uh, what what uh, what stood out to me from our reading plan today as I hung out with Jesus this morning in Jonah chapters 1 and 2. So let me pray, uh, and then we'll dive in. Jesus, we thank you uh, for your word, and we thank you that you gave it to us to know you. I pray that you would reveal truth, and you would encourage and convict in order that we look as much like you as possible, knowing that you are the greatest good, and we want to experience the greatest good who is you. So we love you. Lead this time, we pray in your name. Amen. <clears throat> so in Jonah, uh, God tells Jonah, I want you to go to the people of Nineveh, and I want you to pretty much to preach the necessity for them for them to repent because of the evil that they had been doing. And Jonah did not want to go. This is just such a quick summary, but just to kind of get through it quickly. Uh, Jonah did not want to go. He could not stand the Ninevites because of how brutal they were. Um, and so when God says, I want you to go to Nineveh, Jonah actually goes completely opposite direction. It's not like he just stayed put and didn't go anywhere. Um, it says that in chapter 1, he actually paid the fare and went down into it, which is the boat, the ship that he's going to sail on, to go with them to Tarshish, which is completely the opposite direction. away. Now here it is, away from the presence of the Lord. I mean, he is actively rebelling. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go to them. And then he wants to get away from the presence of the Lord as if we ever really could. As if God at some point is just going to stop the pursuit, or rather, as if God's not everywhere. But I think that there is an ability for us to not live in the presence of God, for us to ignore God the much we can, to push away from God. And I believe that's what he's doing here. But he's actively doing it. He even paid a fare so that he could jump on a boat and actively go the opposite direction. I mean, it could have been, it would have been one thing just to stay put, but he doesn't. He goes the opposite direction. So, it says that the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea and this massive tempest, this massive storm hits the ship so bad that the mariners who were, um, who were used to the seas and used to storms were terrified. They're calling out to their gods to help, um, asking that their, their gods would help them through this, through this storm. Uh, they start throwing things off the ship to make it lighter. I mean, there's, there's a panic going on and Jonah's asleep. He's downstairs in the boat sleeping to where one of them comes up and says, shouldn't you, well, shouldn't you get it up and pray to your God? Um, but it's weird that the, the men, it says down in verse 12, the men knew that Jonah was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told him. So not only, it's not like he kept him to himself. So if someone had asked, someone, so if someone had asked hey, what are you here for? <clears throat> where are you going? I'm going to Tarshish because I'm fleeing from the presence of the Lord. Like, I don't want to go where God told me, but I'm getting away from God. So everyone knew why he was there. So then they cast lots to see who had caused the problem, the tempest. The lot fell on, on Jonah. And Jonah pretty much said this, just, just pick me up and throw me into the sea. And the sea, and the sea will cease and you'll be fine. And at first they're like, they're not going to do it. Um, and then they just decided, okay, we're going to do it. They actually, but when you get to verse, uh, verse 14, it says, therefore they called out to the Lord. This is not something they've done before, but they call out to the Lord and they ask pretty much, um, like, don't hold this man's life against us. We're doing what it is that he asked. Um, but notice they called out to the Lord. The tempest, the storm, brought about them calling out to the Lord. And then they th- throws him into the sea. The sea goes, um, the, the, I'm sorry, the storm ceases. Um, it's, starting to, it's starting to calm down. Um, and then the men, verse 16, the men feared the Lord exceedingly. I mean, all of a sudden they go, okay, this is the real, this is the real God. And then they offered sacrifices to the Lord and then they made vows. And so this storm, 
that Jonah pretty much caused brought about these um, these mariners. We would say maybe yeah, committing because they made vows, committing to the Lord, offering sacrifices to the Lord that they never would have done had it not been for this encounter with God on the seas that came about because of the disobedience of one of God's people. And then all of a sudden you get to verse 17, and the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And this is where you sit and go, oh, there's God's judgment on Jonah. There it is. That That's the judgment. That's his punishment. Friends, I don't I don't know that that is because when you when you get to reading in chapter two, Jonah's prayer talks about that he's in the belly of a great fish. He's swallowed by a great fish. Um, verse uh, verse two: I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and He answered me out of the belly of Sheol. I cried, and You heard my voice, and You cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, and the floods surrounded me. All all Your waves and Your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from the sight. From your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. Notice that part, verse 4. I've driven, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. In other words, what I understand from that is that Jonah knows I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. The water's closed in over me to take my life. Um, he really believes, it's like, this is, this is how bad it could get. But he's calling out to God in the midst of his distress, and God is answering him. Verse 7, when my life was fainting, I remembered the Lord. You ever notice when life gets difficult, how quickly we are to remember God, and when things are easy, how, how easy it is for us to forget Him? Uh, those who, um, I'm sorry, verse 7, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. That's what He comes up with while He's in the fish. And then the Lord spoke to the fish. Isn't that beautiful? God speaks to all of creation. And creation responds to its creator. And I've said this before. The ones that have the hardest time responding appropriately in obedience to God is humanity. Humans have the hardest time doing that. The rest of creation seems to obey its creator. The Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Now here's the thing. This is why I don't think that the fish was added punishment, but rather providence. If he's in the middle of the sea, he's going to die if there's nothing or no one that's going to bring him back to shore. <clears throat> he doesn't get back in the boat. In fact, the boat actually leaves him there. And they understood when they threw him over that he would die. God provides a fish who could swim a long distance, a large fish that could swallow a man. For some to listen and go, okay, this, and maybe you're not a believer. And you said, this is why I can't believe in Christianity. I feel like this, compared to Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection... That's the greatest miracle. That should be harder for you to believe than a man being swallowed by a fish. Like, I, I don't have an issue with this. This one doesn't bother me. I believe that Jesus died, who is God, became a man, died, came back from the dead, uh, bringing with him victory over sin and death in order that I could be made right with God. That's a huge miracle, and I have no issue believing that. So when we look at the fish, back to the fish, I believe it's God's providence in, in saving Jonah from the sea, and then it was time God told the fish, just throw him up, up on, up on the land, which is exactly where God wanted him. He wanted him in Nineveh, and that's where he took him. So we can say no to God, but God will do what he wants, and he'll do whatever it takes to get us where he wants us to be, even if he has to swallow us with the big fish. So I see God's providence, his mercy and his grace in saving Jonah. And yet Jonah would have never had to experience this had he just gone in the first place. But we also have a picture of Jesus here. 
For the men were on the boat experiencing this storm and they thought that they were going to die. They were overwhelmed and nothing was had. They couldn't save themselves. And so Jonah says, just throw me into the sea. And so maybe picture the sea as the wrath of God and that Jesus was thrown into the sea, um, which is God's wrath on our behalf so that we could live, so that we could continue on. And then you look at the response of the of the mariners, and they actually cried out to the Lord. They made sacrifices to the Lord. They made vows to him. Guys, making a vow, it's mean I'm committed to you. So because Jesus took on the wrath of God, I then can commit myself to God. I can have relationship with God that Jesus then spent three uh, three three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, in the heart of, like, in the grave, in the heart of death, like, in the grave, he's spent there, and then he comes back out alive. And so this is a picture. This points us to Jesus. We shouldn't be looking at Jonah and go, I'm just like Jonah, which we can find some things that are teachable for us with regards to Jonah and say, I kind of have that attribute. But the main character in Scripture is Jesus that we're supposed to, and even Jesus uses Jonah as he's teaching as an example of what will happen to him. And so three days and nights in the belly of a fish, uh, and then he's resurrected in the belly of death, and he's resurrected to new life. Guys, this, this, there's so much in this, but I, I wanted to point out that I do not believe that the fish is a continuation of God's wrath. I actually believe it's, a, uh, it's a, an example or a picture of God's providence in caring for Jonah to save him from death to life in order to bring him to, it, to what it is that God wanted him to do in the first place. So I hope that's encouraging or convicting, whatever is necessary. Um, I was encouraged, convicted as I looked at it, um, and then just grateful that, um, that God provides. Um, and I may not understand all the ways that he provides. I may not understand the reasons behind some of the providence or the packaging of the providence of God, but I need to be thankful that God knows how to provide for us. So I hope that's encouraging. Guys, have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you later.